Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With GEICO, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, everybody. Welcome and, to Mini oh, Crush. Oh, sorry. I stepped on you there, Chuck. You, you left this gap. I did. And I had to, I had to, had to oh, scoot geez. in there. You had to fill that gap. No, oh, no, Chuck. <laughs> drink. Oh, gosh. That can be a new thing. Now we say drink every time we say a thing that we say all and the time. And then people will say, then you got to drink when you say drink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's so meta. Oh, and psychedelic. Uh. <sighs> How you doing, Chuck? I'm great, Noel. How are you? I'm pretty well. You know what today is, Noel? Uh, the 3rd of July. Yes, but do you know what today is? Uh, International <laughs> Donut Day. Is it really? No, that was like last week. Okay. Uh, today's Movie Crushers Day, Noel. What? Which like, means I got all my content from the Movie Crushers page. I like to do this every now and then, uh, usually when I don't have content of my own. But uh, what it actually has to do with is drawing attention to the great, great Movie Crushers um, sub page, uh, not to indicate that it is below the Movie Crush page. Is this exclusively the Diamond Medallion members that we're talking about today, Chuck? Or is it just a, a general appreciation? General for appreciation okay, that's smart. That's for the good. movie crushers. I like that. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. It is just a great community of kind people who just love having a good time talking about movies. And they're making up their own games. And they're posting their own social studies. And it's just a really nice internet hang. I agree completely. I enjoy it very much. So, uh... A couple of these. I'm going to do a couple of these and then finish up with a quick stream this. But uh, we're going to start off with our friend Dave Priest, one of our oldest friends. He's been labeled a rising star. <laughs> I don't know what is up with all these labels now. Facebook That's a new one. Labeling these people. You know, I have seen one where it's like conversation starter. Someone that posts a lot and then gets yeah, a lot of comments. Yeah, I got one of those on yeah, my yeah, neighborhood yeah. page. And it has a little like, so rising star has a star. The conversation starter is like a cup of hot coffee, right? Yeah, Isn't that the, the, I think it is the emblem, or yeah, it's what, like whatever, getting getting things avatar. kicking things off in the morning, you know. <laughs> oh boy, it's also silly. Facebook, I love and hate you. So Dave Priest uh, suggested this: the biggest movie mistakes ever, and that's a pretty good question. It is. Um, we're talking about sometimes continuity errors, flat out physical uh, errors. Sure, like the stormtrooper bumping his head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very the, famous. There's one. another Star Wars one that just came out recently. Uh, in one of the new movies? No, in one of the old movies. I think it was Empire, um, where there's a scene. Is it the Luke kick? With the Tauntaun. Oh, okay. No, I think it's the Tauntaun. And you can see, because the original lightsabers in those movies were made from like an assembly from a camera, like a flash bulb assembly. Oh, okay. And you can see on Luke's lightsaber, if you zoom oh, in, that it says New York City. New York City. Right. Yeah. I saw that's that. That's just a relative. That one came out like last week or two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And it was actually like some eagle eyed, like Lucasfilm employee who found wow. 
right. and whose job is to check the continuity and, and yeah. you know, archive stuff. So. Isn't that crazy that all these years later, uh-huh. that's just now getting it noticed? Is. It's great, though, I think. And you, I mean, it's small, but you can clearly see New York City stamped on the bottom of mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. Good one, Noel. Thanks for kicking it off. Of course. So uh, we'll go with David Mills here, the missed light switch with the elbow in Greece. And he said at the diner right before beauty school dropout, uh, the waitress flips off the light switch with her elbow nowhere near the switch. I have a quick story on that, Noel. Let's hear it. You know in films when an actor goes to turn on a lamp uh, or a light or whatever, Mm -hmm. there's really an electrician standing nearby that flicks a switch and they just mime like they're flicking a switch. They Got don't it. actually turn on a light. So it's like it's a movie a, magic. It's a lighting fixture that is like a grip department thing. That's, yeah, that and it, it's, called, it's a lighting cue, and someone's right. there to try and match it. Uh, I worked with an electrician one time who told me a story of working with Helen Hunt from Mad About You. Mm-hmm. And uh, his take was that she was not a nice person and not kind to the crew and would purposefully um, – make it difficult for the electricians to time their lighting cues. To what end, Helen Hunt? To what end? Why? <laughs> Why are you just, just... This is his story. I, I ain't saying that that's what the deal was because I have no firsthand experience. No, that's fair. Maybe but that was yeah. his story. Hmm. Um, so take it all with a grain of salt, everyone. Helen Hunt may be the best. She may love electricians, and she may be dead on with her lighting cues, but that was his story. Or maybe she just had a bad day. You know, crew members... Sometimes people can have a bad day. No, absolutely. It's like you know? we were talking about with that uh, that Christian Bale bit, right? Where he's like freaking out on some crew guy. Yeah, and you're you dead know, to me. You're dead to me, exactly. <laughs> but you know, a yeah, he's probably having a bad day, and b oh, apparently so that guy was infamous for ruining takes. Oh, really? And he was like not like the not well liked. Line? Yeah, not well liked. And he was someone oh, that was always futzing dear. with the. I think he was the, either the. Was he the DP or he was like an assistant? I don't remember. But there was some, I think there was, he was some in the camera department. There's some story behind that. This guy like was notorious for like walking through shots or screwing up shots, and this had happened a lot of times. And we just happened to see Christian Bale like go. There's a lot know, of pressure on nuclear. a movie set. I yeah. mean, you, you should never um, behave that way. But like, I don't know, man. I, I certainly get it sometimes when people do that. I'm not a yeller though. I'm not one of them. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Uh, let me see here. Stephanie Holmes Mills says the tank and Gladiator didn't know what she was talking about. I looked it up. There's a scene where a chariot crashes in Gladiator, and there's a big um, tank mounted to the back of it that was clearly uh, go juice for the for the you know a chariot for the chariot. Really, like some sort of CO two tank or something. Oh, I thought you meant like a tank, like a military. No, no, tank. no, it was like a CO two tank. Got it. But it ended up looking like kind of like a steampunk chariot, which is kind of cool. Interesting, I thought. Uh, let me see here. This is kind of funny, so I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, one of the biggest movie mistakes, Randy Rodriguez says, watching Black Swan with my mother. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one gets a little hot, hot and heavy. Uh, Brian Buckley says, the semi-truck windshields in T2, I think I remember there being some continu- uh, continuity issues with that, for sure. Don't they not shatter? They just kind of like... I don't know. 
bust out in one piece or something. I don't remember why. What, what is the deal with that? I, I just think maybe breaks in different parts of the window or usually what happens is like it'll just be something that they have stuck in out of order and the window is far less broken in one scene than in a subsequent scene. That may be what he's talking about. Got it. Uh, Spencer Dumphy says the reflection that shows the boom mic in Alien. Don't know what scene that is. No. But this is yeah. news to me. I remember seeing the movie. I think I've said this before. The movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson and uh, leaving that movie not long after I saw a boom mic dip into the shot. Ugh. Fully there on the screen. It's is it, is it somehow more egregious if it's in a period piece? Yeah. <laughs> it does feel. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's really yeah. that's really out of uh, out of whack there. Let me see here. Uh, Dan Fuchs, one of our old pals, says, uh, look at the doorman's mustache when they reach the Emerald City in Wizard of Oz. It's pointing up at the ends at first, then droops down at the ends later. Hmm. Maybe that's a symbol or a metaphor. Interesting. I'm not aware of this one either. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Jeremy Tani, Michael Keaton's Batman, he calls his Batmobile to come pick him up, stands in the middle of the street, so it comes racing towards him at the last second. He pulls up his mic and says, stop, and puts his arm down. Okay, I remember all that. Yeah. Cut to an angle where you see the Batmobile stop in front of him, and he still has his arm up. Okay. Continuity issue. Yeah. Not not, not, not awful. Down. Not awful. That happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brian J. Brown, the disappearing scarf in Pearl Harbor. Don't know about that one, but I take it a scarf disappears. It's there. Then it's not. Uh, Kelly, I'm sorry, Logan Kelly Troxel just posts a, a GIF or a GIF. What is it? Which one is it? No. Oh, gosh, Chuck. It's, I, I, I think it's a GIF. Yeah. No, I think it's officially a GIF. Well, he posted a little brief animated scene. <laughs> nice. Uh, from uh, Return of the Jedi where Luke is clearly kicking a good seven inches in front of this guy's face. Oh, wow. And he goes, uh-huh. do a Wilhelm scream for me, Noel. <laughs> it's all in that little uh, Lisa Teixeira this is a pretty good one uh, minor error but there's a little boy in North by Northwest plugging his ears right before a surprise explosion so little kids on set <laughs> he plugs his ears before the explosion that no one's supposed to know is coming mm. that's pretty good that is pretty good uh, let me see here some people are just listing movies that they thought were terrible like as a movie mistake. I get it. That's cute. That is cute. That's funny. All right. I think that's all the uh, – Brian Clark does point out the the stormtrooper hitting his head in A New Hope for sure. And he says they actually poke fun of it in Attack of the Clones as Jango Fett hits his head on the door uh, when he gets in his ship. Interesting. Huh. I didn't know they did that. So they poked fun at their own uh, little gaff there. That's the way to do it. I seem to remember that actually. Attack yeah. of the Clones was the second one. I think in the, so, in the prequels. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the Jar Jar one, right? Or no. no. That was well, he was in one. it. He was, he was, he never took a back Phantom seat. Menace was Phantom Jar-Jar. Menace. Yeah. Exactly. All right. We're going to move on here now to another Movie Crushers post from our good friend Amanda Kosobucky. Great name. She said, I know it's not movies, but what are some of your canceled too soon TV shows? Well, I'm going to go right off the bat with Freaks and Geeks off the dome. Uh, Freaks and Geeks was canceled far, far, far too soon because it was just one season of greatness. But didn't it kind of wrap? Didn't it have sort of a satisfying conclusion? I mean, yeah, but it's still like a season of that show is just – it was canceled no, far, far no, too no, soon. No, no, that's very true. And as often mentioned along with Firefly, which our good friend Vanessa Lopez mentions 
Firefly, Freaks and Geeks, and Agent Carter, a show which I did not see. I haven't watched any of those uh, Marvel television shows. I haven't either. Mm -mm. I don't know why. Well, I watched Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Netflix, but I haven't seen any of the ones that were on like NBC or whatever. I didn't see any of those. Uh, Jay Frazier says, my name is Earl. I like that show. I got four seasons, though. Yeah, with a dude from the – Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw him at a granddaddy show once. And I was like, I love you, Jason Lee, but you're a Scientologist. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, He also says Wayward Pines. I saw a lot of that show, but I'm not really sure if Wayward Pines was that great. Wasn't that like a sci-fi kind of conspiracy type thing? Yeah. I didn't care for it. I watched a couple episodes, and it it wasn't enough to keep me hooked, so I can't really speak to that one. Uh, Our old friend Greta Koenig says, My So-Called Life, for sure. Great, great show. Uh, Emily loved My So-Called Life. Still does. Uh, Dan Chubati, one of our great friends, says, Carnival. Or, uh, yeah, I didn't see that. I heard that was really good, though. Oh, it's wonderful. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, it's that great. was good, right? The bummer about that one in particular is that it got canceled on a massive cliffhanger. Ah, oh, Massive geez. cliffhanger where it was like leading up to explaining the big mystery or at least giving you, when you, you do know, that, at least have the gumption to make a movie and wrap it up. Well, they did that with Deadwood. I know. And, and it, it was mentioned here. Our and, friend, it was, uh, and it was good. Mar- uh, Monty Sardina says Deadwood. Uh, I have not seen the movie yet, though. Have you? It's very good. Oh, God. I just need to do I it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Diana Morell says Pushing Daisies. That was very good, too. I didn't see it. I heard it was great. The guy that went on to do Hannibal, Brian Fuller, he he did Pushing Daisies. Oh, yeah? So it's got a very kind of weird, vibrant, kind of like psychedelic kind of vibe to Ooh. it. Yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> uh, Aaron Lee says, Clone High, without a doubt. Don't know that show. I think it was on MTV. I believe it was like a mutant kind of like training high school, almost like an ex- proto, like not proto, but like a, a bit of like a ripoff of X-Men, I think, but... It sounds pretty interesting. Check no, it out. you seem to know the things I don't know uh, quite often, and that is why you're in here. Well, thanks, You're man. the yin to my yang. Glad, glad to be here. You're the yang to my yang. Glad to be your yang. <laughs> no, wait. Yins. Yin. Paul uh, Skoronsky says The Nick. Yeah, The Nick was good. James Nordrum says Almost Human. Did I see that show? No, I didn't see that show. I, I know what he's talking about, though. He said it was really good. Uh, our old pal Jenna Van Valen, one letter off from the coolest name ever. I'm reading two Van Halen books right now, Noel, by the way. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there were two Van, Van Halen books. Well, I'm reading the David Lee Roth uh, autobiography, and then the Van Halen uh, touring biography is written by their road and manager and later manager. All right. Um, it, they're both trashy and great. I'm sure. Uh, she says, Jenna says, uh, Vengeance Unlimited in the late 90s. Never heard of it. Me neither. Do you know it? No. no. All right. Uh, Michael Luong, one of our old pals, says Dead Like Me. Don't know that show. Uh, Deb Sanders says Veronica Mars, for sure. I did not see that, but Emily loved it. Uh, and I love Kristen Bell, so I'm surprised I did not. Uh, another vote for Clone High from Kevin Shiramitsu. Uh, I need to check that one out. He has a little icon that's like a high five or a wave. What is going on, Facebook? Why has everyone got to have status, Noel? Why you got to box us in? I think it's neat. I don't know. Isn't this world tough enough without trying to gain more status? Gives you something to strive for. Our old pal Vanessa Cashman, part of the the V Squad, the Black Donnellys. Don't know that show. Peter uh, Tiralongo says Terra Nova. Don't know that show. Michael Green, another vote for Carnival. Uh, I did shoot at a stage once in Santa Clarita on a TV commercial and Carnival shot next door. And they had a bunch of these old 
circus props outside that you probably would have uh, thought was pretty neat. Oh, man. Where where do they shoot it? Uh, at a stage in Santa Clarita. Okay. Which is uh, just – just a suburb of L.A. I know, yeah, I know. It's weird, though, because it's a very Dust Bowl-y show. So I, I assume they shot it, like, somewhere in, like, no, Mexico. Santa or, Clarita like, is pretty dusty. Is it right? Okay. It's in the mountains. That makes sense. Um, shooting there sucked because it's like, oh, great. Now I get to drive an hour and 20 minutes Got to work it. without traffic. Uh, Karen Schlump Hughes, one of our old pals, says, Family Tree. Don't know that one. Stephanie Delcuva Cardinal says, Definitely Pushing Daisies. That's a show I wish I would have watched. It's got a lot of love. I wonder where it's streaming because it's really good. It's uh, It reminds me too of that show. The Did you see The Good Place? No, that's supposed to be really good too. It's great. But yeah. it has a similar like whimsical quality to yeah. it. Like Pushing Daisy almost feels like a live action Dr. Seuss world kind of. Like everything's a little exaggerated. The colors right. really pop. Like it's it's really cute. It's a good oh, show. It sounds like that. Uh, Sam Gottfriedson says Firefly and Whiskey Cavalier. Uh, don't know that. But I certainly watched Firefly but later. Not while it was on. I was a, I was a late convert. Uh, Austin Handler, her old pal, says Faulty Towers and Max Headroom. Max Headroom, interesting. Don't Wait, know. Uh, Max Headroom was a show. Yeah, they had a TV show for a while. Oh, um, I always think of the it. the hacking incident, the Max Headroom thing, where they, I guess they. Oh yeah, we did a show on that. Yeah, but what's so the deal with know. that? Remind me again. Like they took that footage and they they if they uh, broke into a broadcast yeah. with some footage from the show, which not existed? from the show. It was uh, they they shot it themselves oh. and uh, basically just hijacked a TV commercial. No, TV yeah, broadcast. yeah, yeah. But it wasn't connected to the actual show. I didn't no. realize there was an actual. It was a guy show. in a, a mask. Gotcha. Yeah. It was a Max Headroom mask. It was that popular. They sold masks. It was, Max Headroom was pretty big back Is in the that day. Right? Yeah, I gotta look more into this. Hey, it's Ben, Henry, and Marcus, hosts of The Last Podcast on the Left. Our show's dedicated to uncovering hilariously horrifying stuff. And now we're only on Spotify. Join us. If you want. Obviously, we'd never force anyone to just blindly join us. That'd be crazy. But if you like stories about doomsday cults who do exactly that and more, please join us on Spotify. Visit Spotify.com slash last podcast to listen free. Uh, Don Morris, our old pal, says, party down. Don, that is why we are old pals. I've long said party down is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, but two seasons. And I have seen those two seasons three times. That's how much I love that show. And we'll still see uh, the High School Reunion episode of Party Down. I can watch a hundred times, Noel, because that's one of the great, great episodes of TV. Isn't Adam Scott in that? Adam Scott's in it. Ken yeah. Marino, my hero. Uh, and in that episode, Ken Marino <laughs> is the uh, the boss of the catering company of his high school reunion. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> so okay. He's actually working that night, too. Oh, no. Oh, man, That's it's so good. God, I love it. Uh, more Carnival and Pushing Daisies. These are beloved shows, apparently, Noel. Yeah, no, they really are. Everyone loves it. Uh, Diana Morell, one of our old pals, says, Dirk Gently... I don't know that show. I think it's a BBC show, but I don't okay. I don't know it. It looks BBC-ish, just from looking. Uh Melissa Zarate, our old pal, says Penny Dreadful. Did not see that. That was pretty cool. That was one where it had like Frankenstein and Dracula and like different monster characters from literature kind of like all occupying the same world. And but it was you oh. know, really like a period piece kind of thing. Very that sounds cool. Very high budget. Really good. Nice. Very bloody. 
Very uh, sexy. And we're going we're gonna to finish it off with uh, Megan Nicole says, because a couple of other people mentioned the show as well. Uh, the Santa Clarita Diet. Don't know that one, but it got a lot of love on this page. That's the Drew Barrymore Netflix show where she's like a zombie and like eats oh, flesh and stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. Boy, that sounds super interesting. And I want to say, what's his name is in it? Conan's pal, who's the, the sheriff in uh, Deadwood. What's that guy's name? Timothy Oliphant. And he's Conan O'Brien's pal? They're like buds. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. So jealous. I want to be friends with those guys. <laughs> Conan seems like a real, real sweet dude. You listen to his podcast? Conan uh, Brian, yeah, I've to some of those. I really like it. I'm going to have, you know, a couple of those writers. Three of those guys are kind of pals of mine. And uh, I'm going to get them on the show. Excellent. All right, Noel. Uh, we're going to finish up with a quick stream this. Because I have to go see Midsummer. So uh, jealous. So apologies if this uh, episode's a little shorter. But, uh, Noel, I watched Chernobyl. Aha. Did you? I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Where, uh, where are you? Right, uh, like, I think I'm on the last one. Okay. Yeah. So there's five. Yeah. So you've watched four. Mm-hmm. Let's chat briefly. I, I mean, <laughs> I, before I saw it, somebody described it to me as being like a really fucked up science fiction show, but it's like real. Yeah. You know? And I think that's pretty pretty close to accurate because it's, it's like not only that it all, it's also like 1984 or something like that where the government is literally saying like nothing's wrong yeah but if there is no one must know right. ever you know that was a definite undercurrent in that show um was the rush the the soviet state yes and controlling the state, information controlling yeah. the state mm-hmm. the flow of information it wasn't as hard to watch as I thought it no, would be. No, it, it, it wasn't. Because all I heard was like, oh, God, fuck, so hard to watch, so hard to get through. Uh, I didn't find it that hard. I didn't either. There's one episode, uh, I believe episode four. With the animals? Yeah, which we won't get into what happens. That was the toughest part, to be sure. But that happened, and it was mm-hmm. probably a pretty smart thing to put in there to really drive home Oh yeah, how fucked up Everything was. No, I know. My mom um, and my mom and dad were living in Europe around that time, and it was like a big deal where they were like, don't eat the vegetables, don't eat stuff, you know? It was a whole thing because they were so slow to act that, like, it it really could have been an absolute catastrophe, more so than it was. Yeah, just hearing that story told in such detail um, is important, and they just, as far as the show goes and just... Cinematically and, and putting together a compelling story, they just n- knocked it out of the park. And it's crazy too. The creator of that show um, is like a really well-known Hollywood script doctor. Like he uh, rewrote a bunch of drafts. I think he wrote, rewrote like the the pilot episode of Game of Thrones. But he also, I think he wrote like The Hangover Two. And this is his first really. Big, yeah, it's crazy. Hold on, I gotta look up the guy's name. Jared Hit. No. Not Jared Harris. He's the actor. Yeah, boy, was um, he good. And, uh, incredible. Stellan uh, Skarsgård. Skarsgård was so great. He's fantastic. No, this guy's name is Craig Mazin, and he uh, wrote the hang- one of the Hangover movies. And this is his first big kind of like, you know, big swing drama. He wrote The Hangover 2 and The Hangover 3. Interesting. Yeah. And I recommend highly, if you're into Chernobyl and you haven't started watching it yet, or you are watching it, there is a HBO podcast called the Chernobyl podcast. I've heard it's good. And Craig Mazin is on it with Peter Sagel. Oh, man. And they go through every episode and he talks about like, this is the part that was totally exactly real like it happened. Right. This is the part we kind of combined some yeah. characters into like one single character for like, you know, the purpose sure, of sure. storytelling. And it's very good. 
Yeah, I think um, who was the uh, the actress that's in it? Oh, I love her. Uh, oh, I'm just blanking. She does such a good job, Emily. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. She was in. Um, she was actually in the Harry Potter movies, Breaking the Waves. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just totally blanking. Um, I believe her character was a combination of characters, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're correct. Her name's Emily Watson. Yeah, Emily Watson. Um, yeah, boy, she was good. And I, I just, I was blown away. I thought it was so, so good. A tight five episodes um, was the right way to do it. it. Didn't need to be longer. Certainly couldn't have been shorter. So highly, highly recommended. Uh, very, very good miniseries. And it, it will win some uh, Emmy Awards, to be sure, and we, Golden Globes. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this, how they made a creative choice to use English actors. I had to get over that, honestly. Right. No, it, no. It, it, it took a minute. Yeah, no, it's, it requires a little suspension of disbelief. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think it might have been a smart choice. Yeah. it's It was definitely a, a choice, though, you know? Yeah. All right. Good stuff, dude. Sorry if this one was uh, abrupt, but I got to go to the movies. Go get spooked, dude. All right. See everyone. Bye-bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What if you could learn from the world's most inspiring women? Now you can. Introducing Seneca Women, conversations on power and purpose. We bring you purpose-driven, actionable ideas and insights from leaders such as Tori Birch, Madeline Albright, Katie Couric, Valerie Jarrett, Andrea Jung, and many more. Listen to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.